Ladies and gentlemen, you're now tuned in to Rec Radio, your number one audio variety show. We sure have a great show for you today, guys, and can't wait to get started. But first, here's your host, Romaine Orlando Rob. Hey guys, my name is Romaine Rob, and you're now tuned into Rec Radio. For the next few episodes or so, we're going to be focused mostly on panels at Comic-Con. And we're going to get it started right now with a panel from Comixology about self-publishing. So enjoy. Hit us up on Facebook. Hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, so on and so forth. And now we're going to get right into it. Thank you for braving this uh, Thursday afternoon. Uh, you could be upstairs right now getting your Comic-Con exclusives unless you already got them. I don't see any large bags over here. Um, my, name, uh, my name is John Roberts. I'm uh, one of the founders of Comixology. Next to me is David Steinberger. He's the CEO and another founder of Comixology. And then next to him, we have Joseph Hill. Jo- what? So, Do it again. Start Joshua, right. sorry. You combined us for one person. Yeah. <laughs> for <laughs> Joshua Hale Fialkoff. We're good. Okay, we're good. And Joe Infirani. Fernari. Fernari. We're so close. You had it and you psyched yourself out. Yeah. We actually have the hardest, uh, most vowel-filled last names of any creators in comics. That was part of what drew us together. (laughs) I can only imagine whatever... Well, you already have a publishing company, which is easy to spell. All right. Um, David is going to... So this this panel's on our... uh, This panel's on the uh, the submit portal that, that Comixology runs for uh, independent creators and small publishers to submit their work to Comixology and uh, and get it onto our platform, uh, selling on the platform. A couple of uh, small announcements as, as we get going, um, just just con stuff for, for Comixology. Um, we launched about 10 new Guided View Native comics uh, yesterday. Guided View Native is our brand name for comic books that are made for the Guided View platform. They're actually created with the storytelling uh, uh, possibilities of the Guided View <laughs> format in mind. This is really s- a sweet hum. Ominous. It's the water. Maybe one of our guys could go get an AV person to see if... Uh, cool. Oh, okay, good. Thank you, sound man. Anyways, uh, can we get a heartbeat? Maybe? So, uh, actually, some of the submit uh, some of the submit creators have done guided view native comics. Anyway, they're in a whole. There's a section on the website and on the apps under the quick links for guided view native. You should check them out. Great storytelling uh, pieces there. Uh, if you didn't know, Walking Dead season four starts on Sunday, and we have an enormous sale going on. Uh, all 114 comics that had come out before Wednesday are 99 cents each and 100 bucks for all of them right now on the web. Keep cruising. We did a, we launched DC Comics uh, graphic novels and collections the other day, so all the Earth One books and the Killing Joke and all their collective editions, really great stuff. Very, th- oh, that's so nice. Uh, and then uh, Avatar, which is one of Yeah! The, yeah. <laughs> some, of the, some of these are available only on the website. Uh, because you know some of them are a little rougher than Apple and other mobile providers like to uh, play with. So uh, you can get all of Avatar's collection that we have on the website. We'll be launching a bunch more. And then today, we launched Ape Entertainment, uh, which is a, a great publisher, lots of great kid stuff and video game stuff and just terrific, terrific work. And then finally, you should come up to our booth, which is number somebody? 1928. 1928, thank you. And uh, we're giving away some art cards during the week. Uh, people are going to be signing them. I think these guys are actually signing right after the panel, if you want to come up. And we're going to have, uh, for people who haven't read The Bunker yet, we're going to have free downloads of the first issue. Just a slide. Sorry. My oh. Sorry, I got excited. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, yep, so we, we've got a bunch of these art cards, a uh, bunch of free comics to give away, a bunch of signings going on. We'll just kind of plow through this. These guys right after the right after the panel. Um, can we get the first issue free with that sketch card? Well, as a matter of fact, you can. Is that better? 
So if you're interested in these guys' book, you, can, you should come up, get, get an art card designed, and get the first issue free. All right, cool. Thanks. So then you can put it on eBay. <laughs> All right, so <clears throat> how many people here are familiar with Comixology Smith? Okay, great. How many creators do we have here? Oh, that's nice. great. How many small publishers? Ah, very nice. How many readers? And who just loves comicsology? I, I should see every hand here. Um, so Comixology Submit is our, uh, it's the creator por portal that we created to allow independent creators and small publishers to get onto the Comixology platform. Uh, we launched officially in South by Southwest in March. Um, you can find us online at submit.comixology.com. Uh, the process is uh, quick and easy. You go up, you agree to the legal agreement, you enter in your publisher uh, entity information, you enter in your uh, your comic, your series information, your comics information, your creator information. Uh, you upload a PDF file, you submit it, um, we review it. Uh, you know, bad PDF files are a huge problem, so please make a great PDF file. Um, if there's no issues with the book, we uh, approve it, and then it goes into our scheduling queue, and then you end up on the platform. Alright, I've got a video. This, this is a, a great, it's Thursday, it's Thursday, only Thursday. Website for those of you who haven't seen it. Again, submit.comicsology.com. Uh, so, a quick, uh, quick overview of submit. Uh, you know, since launching uh, in March, submit has become as a as an aggregate has become the tenth largest publisher on Comicsology. Uh, there's some nice quotes there from uh, various news sources. Uh, we have 330 new series with new content launching every Wednesday. Uh, some great ones like The Bunker, obviously. We've got Becky Cloonan books. We've got, uh, you know, Comics Tribe. We've got, uh, you know, Shannon Wheeler, Jake Parker, Richard Stevens, Marv Wolfman. Uh, a lot of great content. And then there's this nifty collage that I created. Uh, Chip likes me to point out that I created a script to do this to make my life easier. And then it's uh, Comixology Submit, so submit your book. Oh, we have an announcement we forgot. Um, so we're getting to, uh, that's the basic overview of Comixology Submit. We wanted to talk about, you know, we've got uh, these fine gentlemen up here. We can show you a little bit of what it is that they've done uh, as far as the bunker. Is anyone here familiar with the bunker? A few of you. Thank you. So make it to the to the booth afterwards, and you can you know check it out. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, so this is a book, and you guys can also talk to this better than I can. But uh, this was a digital first book that you created that premiered on Comixology through the Submit platform. Do you want to talk a little bit about what it what it is? Uh, sure. Um, the Bunker is a book about a group of uh, college kids who on the eve of graduation, um, on the eve of graduation, uh, they go to uh, bury a time capsule for themselves, sort of ironically. And while digging, they instead find a bunker containing information from the future telling them how they themselves are going to grow up to cause the apocalypse. Um, and the book follows them as they each have to make decisions about their life, about whether or not they want to follow their dreams when they know what the consequences are. Um, so 
so it's very it's a it's a character based drama. It's um we're thrilled with the response. Um, the first issue was number got up to I think number eight. No, higher than that. Really? I think so. We got in the top ten. We of all of Comicsology, which was pretty sweet. Um, That's great. And it's been it's been a fun ride. Like it's you know I've been Joe and I have both been publishing self publishing and working for publishers for a long long time. Um, and what you know what we found with submit is just it's a perfect way to actually get your books in front of people without having to jump through hoops or without having to wait for people to make decisions. Why, why don't you give everybody just your basic comic book background, each of you? Um, I've worked, so I started, uh, I started in self-publishing at a small press, um, and I did a book called Elk's Run uh, that was purchased by Random House um, and uh, has been set up as a movie several times. Um, I did a book called Tumor that was nominated for an Eisner Award um, through a publisher called Arkea. Uh, I did a book called Echoes for Top Cow. Um, I wrote I Vampire for DC, and I'm currently writing The Ultimates and Hunger for Marvel. I got my start kind of doing web comics, and uh, the first thing that I did that kind of got me on the map a little bit was The Process that was nominated for an Eisner uh, in the digital comics category. I've uh, since gone on then to do uh, books with Oni uh, for a second. I've done some work with Marvel and DC as well. Um, yeah, but this is like I guess the first kind of my first foray into like a comicsology, digital comics as opposed to web comics. You know, and for me, like I did a bunch of uh, for DC a bunch of their digital first comics when I was when I was working there, and the experience of doing those books and the 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 kind of one to one relationship you have with your audience and the control you have and and the sheer joy of the the reading experience, um, you know, on a tablet on a tablet or on your computer was really enough for me to decide that it, you know, I, whatever I did, whatever I did next, I wanted to do digital. Um, and I think for you, it was a lot of the same, a lot of the same thing, right? Yeah, and it was, a, uh, I mean, I've, I've done two graphic novels with first second, and they work on a kind of book publishing model, and so you can be finishing a book, and it won't be two years before you actually have that little thing in your hands, that kind of satisfaction. Um, so doing it digital in this way was very much like instant gratification. We we had the script. I, how long did it take me to do the the first chapter? Like three days. I mean, really, yeah, it was like a couple really hours. I think. Yeah, out. and it showed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know we were like we were rolling like in a month or two, mm -hmm. and so it was it was very very easy. But, so forgive me. I, I don't actually know how we all got connected, was it, it, were you thinking, so obviously you're, this is a landscape comic, so you must have written it that way, uh, for the tablet yeah, size? Yeah, 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 it was always the plan. I, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of native formats, and you hold your tablet, you know, when you're reading, you know, when you're looking at it, it just feels right to have it this way. Um, and it's something, it was a decision, and it's, it's, it's a hard decision, because at the same time it makes, uh, you know, as we're, you know, talking to different publishers about the print edition, um, it's certainly a conversation that we have. It's certainly a conversation about what we do with the format. But I think for us, it was more important that it was as readable as possible in its in its native form. <coughs> yeah, yeah. We don't want the the medium or the way it's the format to be an impediment. We want you to just be able to kind of open up your iPad or your, even your iPhone and and have it just kind of come up and not like too many pans and scans or anything like that. And as far as, um, you know, re you, you released this digital, which means that you didn't have to, you know, pay for printing costs, which I'm sure was a, a huge relief. Plus, it also allowed you to develop the, the content, like you said, rather quickly and, and distribute it in, in a timely fashion. Um, what, are, what are the advantages of doing digital first distribution? Uh, I think, look, I mean, on the one, on being the masters of your own, so, <laughs> this, is hard, this is a hard question to answer. Um, I've worked for a lot of different publishers with a lot of different publishing styles, both work for hire and creator owned. Um, and I've published myself and, and publishing myself was always the most kind of satisfying because I had complete control over what I was doing and, and what the final product was was always exactly what I wanted. Um, however, uh, very expensive and for the most part at a loss um, because you're printing and you know you uh, in your heart of hearts you always kind of hope that you're going to sell more than your orders are so you always overprint so you always end up saying I'm, I still have copies of you know old books sitting in a storage unit that collect dust um, 
but doing it this way, you know, all those costs are gone, and it really is just about, you know, we we can make the comic, and we can we can be kind of live with how we do it. You know, we get to see what the reactions are. We get to we get to have again that one-on-one -on -one experience with our readers in a much more intimate way, um, and we get to kind of cater what we're doing to to what our fans want and what people how people respond to the book. Yeah, I would agree. It's very interactive in that way. Like. We can have the, the comic up. We had the first one up on a Monday, and it was just a flood of, of tweets. We had people, I had people sending us uh, little images with like the pixelation of one version of like our own non-DRM with uh, the comicsology. It was like very much like instant, like I said, instant gratification, a lot of feedback, and a lot of positive reinforcement, actually. So, so let's talk about print again for a second. Did you did you sketch these out to be put together as pages? Because um, I think that's how DC kind of conceptualizes their digital first, right? They, well, so so as a writer who's worked that way, um, it's tremendously hard. Um, it's really hard to do because you the the joy of comics is the page turn. The page turn is our greatest tool. It's the one tool we have that nobody else has. When you turn the page, the way that the next page hits your reader is sort of the ultimate form of control. Um, when you're doing a digital comic, uh, you have the same power. You have when you slide, when they slide into the next page, they're getting a new look and it's looking, you know, and you're hitting them again. When you then have to write both ways, where you're doing two things at once, it's tremendously hard to have that page be just as effective. Um, I was really lucky on a lot of the DC stuff that I worked on and that, you know, I got to work with Phil Hester and Joel Jones, who were both geniuses and way smarter than me. So they were able to accomplish the, the joy of the page turn on my behalf. Um, but so when we were looking at it again, it, it was about how do we tell the best story in the most effective way. Um, and so, you know, there's certainly, like we've talked a lot about whether we restack the pages or not. Um, and it's certainly something that can be done. But for me, the book will always read better in the, you know, in the landscape format. But I guess is this, I don't know if you guys want this, the other part of it is, you know, be aware that when you then go to publishers, publishers are like, well, comic books look like this. They don't look like this. And it's something that you have to, that you have to deal with. Yeah. Great. I'm going to open up some questions here. Um, did you, I saw your hand go. Yes, you. Uh, so is, uh, this might be a really easy and dumb question, but is, uh, is Comicsology uh, project always in a landscape format? No. No, as a matter of fact, and I'll, I'll show you an example of, uh, this is uh, Becky Cloonan's award-winning Meyer, which also came through Comixology Submit. You did the last time. Um, and as you can see, this is our web viewer. This is not going to look exactly the same on, on your tablet devices. Um, but as you can see, it's a traditional comic. So when it comes to submitting content to the Comixology Submit portal, um, there isn't a set standard. We don't look at it and say, oh, you're not telling a landscape story, so we're not going to take it. You know, we have a lot of people, like, you know, like I said, we have traditional publishers up there. Uh, Watson and Holmes by New Paradigm Studio uh, has been very, uh, very popular on our, on our system. It's a traditional comic. It's actually also out in print. Um, you know, Comixology's bread and butter is digital versions of print comics, but as we're you know, as what we're starting to see is that we're, a lot of creators are starting to create with digital in mind first. And the, the one thing that you have to understand as an independent creator is that if you're releasing digitally, most likely the very first experience and sometimes maybe the only experience a, a, a reader is going to have with your content is digitally. So taking into consideration things like how does it actually read on a tablet, how does it read on your phone, is, is very, very important because you really have to think about the, the reader. And the, more, the harder you make for someone to read your comic uh, digitally, the less likely they, it might be for them to come back. Yeah, that, that begs a question for you guys. Did you have to do a lot of talking about font size and um, Approach. I mean, is it is it a four by three uh, page page size? So it's an iPad uh, ratio. Mm -hmm. Shows the iPad for that. Okay, um, but font size and stuff. Did you think about that and test it out on iPads? And sadly, we didn't. <laughs> um, it's a, it's I, evolving. It's an no, evolving process. I did. You know, I've I've done web comics, and so I'm kind of familiar with the you know the 72 DPI image 
and I think uh, I kind of used some of the things that I picked up doing that to, as a guide for font. I mean, in, in, you know, uh, some readers wrote in that they, there was one font that they had a, uh, some difficulty reading, and so we've made adjustments for that. But um, for the most part, we kind of just winged it. <laughs> well, one of the advantages of digital is that if the font size doesn't work, you can, you can always fix it, yeah. and then the people can get new versions of the file without having to going through a, a new print run or you know stuff like that. Yeah, we kind of figured that since we were getting the guided view, you could just. I actually, I actually read Comixology on my iPhone. I don't have an iPad, so uh, for me, I'm quite happy just to kind of like scale up the images within the viewer, and that's that's fine with me. If it's a little small, I don't mind. <clears throat> yes, sir. Do you have plans to promote Sumit? Because uh, they seem very hard to find on the site, like they're in the basement of the Comixology platform. Uh, so. Are you get more so the question is, uh, are we planning on promote, promoting Submit a little bit more than, than it appears we do? Um, yeah, I think you know there's a dedicated quick link. We usually have a featured uh, browser. Submit books make it into the main piece every week. Of course, not every book that we release. And I think IGN has been reviewing a ton of them every single week. So we don't actually submit books from any publisher to be reviewed except for the submit guides. Um, but point taken, I mean, obviously it's not, it's not forward enough for you to find very easily. So we don't think about these as being in the basement. Of course, the best content is what, what's going to get uh, floated up to the top for us. The stuff that we think is the most professional, really going to sell, you know, can stand right next to the Marvel DC images, all that stuff. But, um, but uh, you know, I, I, mean, I know it's John's pride and joy, I should let him talk about it, so, but uh, I, I hope we're not hiding it. Yeah, no, we have, um, you know, like you said, in the weekly newsletter, we call out submit titles, and we do a monthly dedicated email. We, uh, we send out review copies. I, like you said, IGN does reviews. And we have this dedicated page, the URL of which never changes, that features uh, the last four weeks of submit content, and then at the very bottom it has uh, a listing of all the series. So, I mean, we understand, you know, I mean, there's a discoverability issue in general that we're aware of and we're actively working on, um, but I don't, I would hope to think that we're not sticking it in the basement because a lot of this content is really important to us and is, is very good, so, you know. It's a great idea, it's just that the name Comixology Submit sounds like something else in comics. Like if you see the link on the side, and then if oh, you yeah. listing, you say, oh, it's coming out from Comixology next week, but then you have to look for this thing called Submit. So it sort of seems hampered. Right. Good feedback. Yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, the gentleman here I, I saw, and then I'll get to you. Yes, sir. Sorry, I don't want to uh, take the question time away from our people. I'm Kind of what you would call, I, I guess, an entry-level uh, writer. I'm very active writer. I haven't published yet, uh, so I have a lot of questions. I'll try to limit to this one. Uh, my question is for uh, Joshua, actually. Um, I discovered your work um, actually through uh, that Batman story that you mentioned mm -hmm. with the uh, Bill Hester, and um, I guess like, when I was reading it, it, it really did occur to me that it was digital first. I, I read it in the print version, mm -hmm. and as much as I Again, as a you know, not yet published writer, I really appreciate the speed at which Comixology could work. It's I'm the potential of this uh, new medium. I prefer to read print, and when I'm writing, I'm thinking in terms of a reader, so I'm thinking in terms of print too. And yet, I, I'm reading the story and. It, wouldn't have occurred to me that there was any sort of anything lost in translation. So I guess what I'm asking is, um, do you, for as much as you do write in such a way that fits its native medium, which is the guided view, um, how, how do you think in terms of like, well, if this gets, this gets put in print, how do we not alienate people that went to that first? Did everybody hear that? So the, so the question is, how do you um, how do you ban how do you manage to balance worrying about uh, writing writing for or creating a comic for digital first that will also work uh, in print? 
Um, like I said, I think it's a it's a juggling act, um, and it is harder because you're doing two things at once, and especially when you're starting out, like you're really best off focusing on one thing. Um, you know, so my advice would be probably to just start doing a regular size comic, and just do it that way. I mean, the, look, here's the reality. The other side of it is, um, while digital first is is somewhat new, um, you know, there's also there's been web comics for you know decades, but. You know the the kind of process we're going through now, where where traditional mainstream comics are starting to become digital first. Um, this is the future. This is how things are going to be. The the floppy comic model um, is becoming kind of increasingly unstable and un unfeasible. Um, just printing costs are astronomical, and unless you're printing in bulk, it's really hard to do it and get a good deal and make money. Um, when I ran my small press, like the only way, the only reason we were able to be profitable was I had relationships with other, like I just had friends, and I would get glommed on to other publishers, you know, printing models. Like I would literally, they would be, they would have a publisher who had, you know, 50 books at one printer, and I would say, like, could you kind of also publish it? So I have all my, I have all these boxes in my storage unit that have different publishers' names than my publisher. Um, you know, so like, you have to just that's like that's the other that's how you used to have to do it. Whereas now you don't have to worry about that stuff. Um, and the way I look at it, to some degree, is you know the the, the great part for re for brick and mortar retailers when you do digital first is number one you're building an audience, and number two when they actually have to stock your book, they're selling something that costs twenty dollars versus taking a risk on something that costs three dollars. So they have a bigger profit that they can make. They have a better chance of making more money, and especially because you've already done all this kind of pre awareness through the digital stuff. So don't be scared. You, got, you can't be scared of digital because digital is where we're going and you know starting in comics today I guarantee you that throughout the course of your career you're going to see that flock where it's going to go from you know 85 and 15 or whatever the, the breakdown is now you know where it's the other way around where there's much less print and much more I was uh, I was reading some old Spider-Man comics back from the 70s and I noticed th that this happy accident where a lot of the pages that they had designed could easily be cut in half and turned into these four by three comics. So I would highly recommend going back and looking at like what the guys were doing in the old Marvel style back in the 70s, because it seems to lend itself very well to this point. Yes, ma'am. You mentioned that you have to review the PDF length then and then if there are no issues, it goes up. Could you unpack The question is uh, basically what is our review process? And uh, you know, um, <clears throat> so like I said, bad PDF files is a, is a huge issue. Um, we've, we've started putting up guides on how to create PDF files, artifacting, uh, which is where you get that, it's almost like a stained glass effect that is caused by compression. Um, so if you overly compress your images or, and Acrobat Pro by default, overly compresses TIFF files when it brings it in. So you actually have to change the settings in order to create a, a, a print-ready PDF file in Acrobat Pro. Um, and then after that, you know, we're looking for you know, certain things, like it has to be professional level quality. Uh, we've, we've pushed back on books that use Comic Sans um, <laughs> as the font. Uh, quick story is that you know, we had a book come in. Uh, the guy did a very clever, classic Marvel uh, homage uh, and he used Comic Sans, and it just it brought the professional level of, of the, the quality down. So I reached out to him, and I said, look, this is clever. I like the art, but if you change the font, and, and both um, Comic Craft and Blambot have free available uh, fonts, so you don't have to use Comic Sans. He changed it. It looked a million times better. He even commented on how much more professional it looked. Uh, and other than that, it's, you know, it's like, you know, we're looking for, you know, is it good production quality, you know, um, you know, are there blue lines? You know, can we see the blue lines? Um, you know, it, professional quality stuff. Uh, yes, sir. Oh, so there are two websites, Comic Craft, who actually they do a lot. Um, they do a lot of lettering for Marvel, DC. They have their own font library. They have free fonts, but I, I recommend if you you know it, a good font is worth it, and these guys can you know. I think it's actually, and I think the website you can just go to comicbookfonts. Oh yeah, comicbookfonts.com. 
And then Blambot is a uh, an, an alternative. They have a couple good free fonts, um, you know, that get our, that are being used in the industry. Uh, you know, you guys. And to be clear, like the number one when people give you when when you know new comic creators give you their books, the number one problem, like and it, it's pervasive in almost everybody, is they don't hire a letterer. Um, letter is like one of the least expensive parts of the production process and one of the most important. Um, so your pro tip for the day is hire a professional letter. <laughs> no, or Joe, or Joe, or, or, or me. Joe doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, uh, just uh, speaking uh, just quickly uh, to the question of what you're looking for uh, in, in uh, submissions. Uh, what about uh, genre of, of comic? Uh, are you uh, looking? Uh, in, would, would you frown upon a certain genre of like uh, alternative comics, or are you looking for? specifically superhero comic for kids? Uh, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll take this. Uh, it, we don't care. <laughs> you know, what's important to us is good storytelling, and, uh, it, you know, I, I think you can even debate professional artwork because we have a lot of different styles there, from sloppy and sketchy to um, very, very tightly rendered painted, all that type of thing. The beauty of digital comics, and the reason that we believe the market for comic books in the US is gonna open up and become much bigger is that you can skew outside the regular demographic of the adolescent and adult male comic book reader, which is hard to do for a new book in print to convince anybody at Diamond or any retailer you're gonna sell a school romance and enough copies that make sense for them. It's very, very difficult. But the beauty of digital is we, we can, it doesn't cost, cost us anything more to put the next one out and have the next one downloaded. So my, I encourage you to tell the story that you feel like you want to tell and want to, you know, and, are, and engages you in the storytelling, um, no matter what that is. And, and my hopes is over the next few years, we become really, really good at matching up the consumer to the right kind of comic, no matter what the genre, and we start to look like a much bigger market, um, like some of the other markets in the world, like France, where everybody reads comics, no matter what gender, demographic, and age you are. So we have all sorts of stuff uh, already from Submit that's not your traditional sci-fi superhero. Um, so, so please submit what you want to make. Um, you said at the beginning that, this was, that, that Submit was one of your top 10, was in your top 20. Can you tell me what that means? Is it by sales, by number of comics? Like, oh. What do you mean by Is it by units or revenue, do we know? So, um, if, in other words, if you put all the submissions we've had together and call that a publisher, mm -hmm. it, it competes in the in the top twenty by revenue. So that's a that's a very good question. So. Oh, sorry, the question was, it's basically about rights, and, and if you're on Comixology, can you go other places? And the answer is, you can go wherever you want. <clears throat> Our agreement uh, is a non-exclusive agreement. Uh, it means that you are free to put it up on us, you're free to put it up on Amazon, and Apple, pretty much anyone on your website. I mean, these guys over here will tell you that they're selling you know, copies of the book through their website. Um, you know, you're free to do whatever you want with it. Uh, we don't, we, take no rights whatsoever. So, you know, if you want to get it published, you don't even have to talk to us. You can just go ahead and do it. Yes, sir. Concerning, um, oh. like, layouts and such, like, um, like one of the big names for 90s comics, uh, your favorite stuff, like, Breaking uh, Out and things like that. Um, <laughs> is that, how that uh, does that work kind of in a bad view, or is that, like... Yeah, the, the question is, uh, the, the kind of... 90s style, late 80s, 90s style of breaking panels and mushing up a bunch of different scenes all into one page. Does it work in Guide of You? You know, I, these guys, for instance, didn't make a Guide of You native comic. They made a comic. And you can read it in Guide of You, or you can read it as full pages. On the iPhone, it's useful to read it in Guide of You. And, and a lot of our users actually love it on the iPad, too. We, we recently did a survey that like 80% of the people think, of our users, think it's important. Um, while only 40% of them read on the phone. So it's really interesting, they, they, people love it. But, um, you know, it's a compromise. On a print book, it's a compromise to, 
to put uh, something that breaks, uh, that has one single panel with a bunch of different action, our, our digital editors spend a lot of time trying to make it the best story uh, telling, the best reading experience possible, given those constraints. But it's a compromise. So I think that as, as we get more and more in digital, you're going to see, see much more cleaner panel layout. You're going to see more people uh, desiring gutters and, and really taking the time to, to work within panels. Although I can say we also have some really nice kind of cinematic techniques with Guided View to handle big pages and you know pullbacks and all that type of thing. So it's really up to you if, if you're making a Guided View native, of course you want to take advantage of those things and, and play with that as a storytelling mode. But um, you know it, we do our best. You should do the, I mean maybe you guys want to talk about it. Yours is a pretty clean uh, panel layout. Was that intentional? Yeah. Yes, it was. Like I kind of, uh, I did a book marathon that was very like breaking panel borders and very um, like designed for the page kind of was a concern of mine. But knowing that this was going to be on Comixology and going to be on the book guided view, I tried to kind of keep it generally the lettering stays within the panel and it's, a, it's very easy in that way to convert it. But I mean, I've been reading a lot of Comixology comics and not all of them follow that and I don't feel that in my experience, it's been an impediment having it, having the art flood over the panel borders because I've noticed in the guided view they do actually do some sensitive kind of like decisions about um, pan and scans. Just so the story, even though the art may overflow, the story is contained and it and it still is fed out to you in a in a good way, like a, a that's appropriate for the story. And it, it's something that even you know working at working at Marvel. Um, you know, it's something that comes up, you know, because, like, we all love doing two-page spreads, um, but two-page spreads are not great, you know, on a tablet because you see the whole thing. The lettering is tiny. You have to, especially if you're just reading by flipping, suddenly you have to expand because you're seeing it at half size. Um, and so that's something that, you know, no one, no one at Marvel said you can no longer do two-page spreads. But what has happened is we've all been aware of it because we all read digital comics, and so you start to change your technique and you use two-page spreads in a very different way. Um, so whereas, you know, there was prior, prior to digital comics kind of really coming out, coming on the scene, two-page spreads would frequently be loaded with panels and you do sort of cool, you know, that, that the traditional <laughs> Bendis page where it's a two-page spread but it's like 40, you know, 20 to 40 panels. Yeah. And now those don't work as well um, in just reading it on, on a tablet. So you're starting to see, and think about it when you're reading comics, how many more splash pages are just giant expanses with a single caption or a single balloon. And that's because the medium has changed. Right, and that's where the digital editors come in when they're yeah. putting together the guided view on that is whether or not you are zoomed in on the caption and pull back to the scene or you start with the scene and go into the caption right. and you try to, and they, and, and you know, our, actually our manager of, of production is here, PJ, raise your hand. Her, yeah, she won't do it. She, <laughs> she uh, you know, we have this a whole team, you know, thinking about these types of things and and trying to make really good decisions on how will the story, how, how will the reader feel if they get this caption that is maybe, you know, a quip of some sort and then pulls out to this enormous scene. It, it can be very, very thrilling. Or do you start with the scene and move into the into the quip? So it makes a big difference. And I think it's 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 great to hear that everybody's thinking about it. Um, because you know it, it does make a big difference, and a lot of people are reading on these devices at this point. Uh, first of all, I want to say thank you for opening up some little guy. Uh, I don't think that you had to, and I'm glad to hear that you are profiting from it. So thank you. Um, You're fine. Second of all, I've been through the submit process and have been accepted. Thank you very much. Um, uh, pimp, pimp your story. What is it? Plug your book. Plug your book. I want to do a general guitar. Uh, we have not gone through the scheduling thing yet, so I guess what I wanted to ask more generally is there, do the digital editors become almost counselors? Does it become, do you make all the decisions? Is it a back and forth? So, so, we, can help, so we can help you. Yeah, for guided, for guided, so the question is, do, is there an exchange of conversation discussion about guided view. If you're making a guided view native book, I think yes, I mean because you're going to have to provide some instructions for what you're looking for. If you're not, no, there's not a, not a, unfortunately, you know, for us we're actually behind in the in the production process to get as many books out as we've received and accepted. It's it's just, you know, uh, because we care about the storytelling and we actually do take the time to make guided view, we're 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 behind where we want to be. So, 
it's not, uh, I don't think it's uh, abnormal for you not, you're not alone in having been accepted and not out yet, unfortunately. I'm, I'm ecstatic to be accepted. It's <laughs> great. I, I thank you. There, I, I do believe there are some communication channels within Submit, and, and certainly you can reach out. We probably won't do like three, four revisions on a book on Guided View if you've made it for print and not a, as a Guided View native book, just simply because we need to get your next book out. We need to get the next books out, and, and um, you know, unless it's the prime experience, it, it doesn't make sense to, to do that a lot. Eric, is there a max file size limitation? Here's one of the developers, right? Oh, well, the product yeah, there manager. Um, it's, <laughs> it's over a gig, I know that. Yeah, I think it's a, yes, a gig or a gig and a half. Gig, gig and a half. It'll, it'll take, you'll probably have to start uploading it and then go to bed and then wake up in the morning, but uh, we'll get it. And if, and if, if it's too large, you know, there are, we have alternatives, so. Yes, sir. Is there a minimum number of pages that you'll It can't be one page. <laughs> um, usually people tend to uh, do eight pages as a minimum. Um, and I mean, we don't have a hard and fast rule. Oh, um, we don't have a hard and fast rule of like number of pages. I mean, one of the advantages of distributing digitally is that uh, you're not tied to the signatures that a print version is tied to. So you don't have to tell your story in eight page increments. Um, if you wanted to do like an odd number, like 21 pages, you could definitely do it. Uh, we try to, I mean, our, the minimum price that we uh, can charge is 99 cents, so we want to make sure that the amount of content that's being provided is worth that amount of money. Um, but there's, we don't have a hard, fast rule that says it has to be this many pages and it can't exceed this many pages. Do you ever worry about having a censor for your The question is, do we censor work before it goes live? Or do we worry about it? <laughs> we don't censor, I mean, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, for any content at this point that we're not sure about in terms of what Apple will do, we'll submit to Apple and then they can tell us whether or not they want to sell it. Uh, if we think it's professional, it's a good story, it's not like, you know, incredibly sadistic or, or you know, I mean, we just launched Avatar, you guys, I mean, come on. Um, we do that on web, web only. It's a, it, we do have an 18 and over category on the web, and we're very sensitive to our channel partners, so we don't sell everything everywhere. But we have some, some very um, edgy, um, uh, highly sexual, uh, violent, all sorts of different content that, that we sell everywhere, and we try not to be the conscious, the censor of, of content. You know, um, There are some things we won't accept, but we take that on an as-they-come as basis. With a pen. Here. Yes. Okay. Um, I, just in terms of the submission process and then if it's not accepted, is that uh, is that in a conversation? Like if you finish, like if, you, if you're lettering approved to resubmit, or yes. does it start from scratch? Yeah. Well, so yeah. So if it's not, if there are professional quality concerns like Comic Sans or you know you've got you know we can see the blue lines or something. And we reject it for those reasons, and those reasons only. Then yes, you are you have the opportunity to improve the quality and resubmit. Yes, sir. Uh, who sets the prices? You do. And then how do we cut so that work? So it's a um, the uh, the contract is a fifty fifty split after channel costs. Channel costs being uh, the money that uh, the the various payment providers take, like Apple, Google, Amazon, they all take 30%. Uh, if we sell it on the web, it's um, it's a less of a channel cost on the web. We have retailer affiliate sites that you know get a certain percentage. Um, so if you sell through our website, uh, you make the most money. If you sell through Apple, Google, or Amazon, um, you take less of a cut. But yeah, it's 50-50 after channel cost. Okay. Oh, wait, we already got you. Is there anyone else? Yes, sir. Uh, I was curious, uh, I'm sorry if someone asked this before, but have you tried the pay what you want model? 
The question is, have we tried to pay what you want model? Uh, there is no such thing on any of the app stores. So, you know, for instance, we have subscriptions, but subscriptions are only available on the web because the type of subscriptions that Apple, Amazon, and Google provide in their payment platform don't work for the type of subscriptions comics needs, at least on an ongoing like pay-as-you-go basis. It's the same with pay what you want. There is really no option for any of those platforms, and we're a multi-platform uh, place, and, and frankly, I think other people are experimenting with that. If, if it really works great and everybody does well and those people can continue to make their comics doing a, uh, a pay-what-you-want model, it's something we might look at, but then it would have to be web-only, and, and then that content wouldn't be available on the platform. So it's a, it's a weird kind of, I mean, we are everywhere. And, and it's important for us that the customers that come through the iPad or the Android devices get to buy the same content that everyone else does. Uh, you mentioned getting rid of the blue lines when you're uh, as one, one of the quality things that you look at. Maybe it's the wrong place to be asking that, but don't modern scanners pretty much just pick those up? No, uh, if you scan your art as uh, line art, uh, it basically will just pick up the, the dark colors and the light. So if you scan it in at uh, 1200 DPI line art and then, and then convert it to grayscale and scale down, you can get rid of the blue lines rather easily. You can also, there's a trick, it doesn't work as well, if you convert your artwork, uh, especially if it's higher resolution to uh, a bitmap. Um, you know, you have in Photoshop you have like grayscale, RGB, one of them is bitmap. If you convert it to that, it's basically just going to turn it into a black and white. You can also play with the levels um, to get rid of that stuff. Uh, oh yeah, these guys can. Does that sound right? Well, there's, there's tons of tutorials on the web on how to how to scan your comics. Um, and there's all even then there's tons of different ways to do it. Uh, yeah, bitmap. Generally, if you're using a if you you know you, with the thresholds, you can eliminate uh, all but the inks. No problem. And now, of course, you're going to do a bitmap very high resolution. Like we're talking 1200 DPI. This is only for black and white, though, not for color. No, no, no. For your liner. For scanning. Liner. For scanning, yeah. Liner, yeah. And uh, a 1200 DPI line art file is probably less than a megabyte. So there's no reason not to keep those files and not no reason not to scan that high. You had a question earlier. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, in, in terms of uh, having a uh, series on submit, um, are there like deadlines from issue to issue? Because um, I, what I'm thinking is, it, you know, I, I, it's so hard to tell what is viable to do an actual series, for, especially if, um, you know, you, you're, you're not necessarily like a name writer or artist yet. Um, so by, by the time that you've actually um, gotten, say, a, a one shot out or something, you may not have been prepared for uh, a response to do another issue. Yeah, the only way to build a career and build a name for yourself is to put stuff out. And whatever you put out isn't going to make money. Like, you're not going to make money when you've never done anything before. Why would somebody buy it? You know, like, even if you were the greatest comic creator to have ever walked the earth, you still have to educate people about who you are. So, and my, my advice, like, in my advice, and I, like, I teach writing classes, and I've done all this stuff, and it, the, the advice at the end of the day is you just make comics. Like, if you're not, like, don't worry about how much money you're going to make. Don't worry about all that stuff. Worry about it when it happens. The only thing you can worry about is learning to be as good as you can be. I think, like, a lot of art artistic careers, and this comes from somebody who tried to be a singer, is that you have to love it generally more than you love a lot of other stuff. And you have to love it enough to have to do it, unless you just happen to be the lucky guy that hits it out of the gate. And, and that, that just, person doesn't really it exist. It doesn't really exist, yeah. right. Most people have put in the years of work before they hit it, and other people never really hit it, but continue to do it because they love to do it. And so I think it takes a certain mindset um, that I certainly didn't have in singing, and I think for, for you know, yeah, make comics. If you want to make comics, just make them. And that, you know, and that's the like, when, you know, when I talk to these guys about what we're doing or what we're working on or, or you know, how ways to help promote the book, all that stuff, 
you know, what, what kind of always come, what always comes to the forefront for me is that that's all they want to do. Like, that's what this is about, is how do we get more comics in front of people? How do we give more voices an opportunity to actually get out there? Um, you know, and in that way, like, it's something that's really special and it's something that you aren't seeing, you know, other places. Yeah, so um, the process as it, as it exists right now is that one week prior to your release, uh, you will get an email notifying you that has some basic information, including a URL that you can use to socialize. And then on the following Wednesday, the book will go up. Um, you know, like I said, we had some marketing stuff going on. Um, I'll, I'll tweet about it as well. You know, I encourage you guys to tweet it, tweet about it as well. And if I see it, I'll you know retweet it. Um, but you know, we are working on. I mean, this is phase one. You know, phase two. Hopefully, we'll address some of those concerns. And then you get paid quarterly. Oh yeah, you get so you get paid quarterly. Uh, net 45. Um, so it's it's uh, 45 days after the quarter. Uh, you get paid. Um, there's a threshold, and but you should at least get a report that says how much you've sold in that in that period. Oh, okay. Yeah, we, we don't have anything as sophisticated as a control panel that updates daily. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. But you summarize it somewhere down in the quarter. Yeah. Yeah. I, sorry, I know I'm asking a lot of questions here, uh, but uh, in terms of the pricing, the, the pay what you can model, uh, are we allowed to have, say, for example, two versions of our book, like one if we want to give it away, and one at a ticket price, at a dollar price, to give people options? Uh, you, you're not really giving them an option at that point. Like, why would anybody pay money for it? <laughs> like, the, the thing about pay is you, and this, this in no way represents the in comicsology stands on things. This is me ranting. Um, the problem with pay, because when we were talking about doing the bunker, we started talking about, well, maybe we should do pay as you go, like it seems to really work. And then we started talking to people who had done pay as you go. And the number one thing they all said is, is pay as you go means I'm giving away for free, and if you feel generous, you'll give me money. Um, you're devaluing your own product. If you think your book, your book is worth nothing, then give it away for free, no problem. But if you think your book is worth a dollar, if you think your hard work is worth two dollars or three dollars or whatever that price is, and you charge that much. Yeah, that's right. It's the same attitude that we that came into comicsology just a few months in as we uh, got got some of the image publishers on board, uh, creators on board. That ninety nine cents was supposedly the magic price point. And one person, uh, who happens to be Robert Kirkman, said, nah man, my books are worth a buck ninety-nine. And he was right. And it also said, this is a valuable uh, story. This is a worthy story. This is not something that gets thrown away. This is something you're gonna read again. This is something that I'm proud of and, and has value. It also gives us the opportunity to do things like we're doing right now and have crazy sales at 99 cents that, you know, for, to, to spur people's interest. Um, but, but, the truth is, yeah, it's exactly right. You have to value your own work. Yeah. 